Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Right, well, before we start this podcast, just a little note of warning to do with the sound. This was actually recorded at Kumar Sangakara's flat in central London. Well, the flat that he's staying in anyway over the summer as he does his various broadcast commitments. Uh, me and Kumar sat down during the heat wave, so it was pretty hot in there. So we left one of the windows open. And uh, so that's what you might hear during the podcast is the occasional sound of a train going by on the London Underground or maybe even a siren or two in the background. Just to let you know, I didn't edit those in there. They are there on the recording. Anyway, I hope you do enjoy it. It was an absolute pleasure to sit down with Kumar. And without any further ado, here is part one of two of the Kumar Sangakara Lord's Cricket Podcast. And I'm playing this match in, in Morotur. And I'm, I went into bat, batting well, got to 100. Dev Watmore was the national team coach. Yeah. Walks in to the dressing room just to see what's going on. I hit a six that goes through the window of the dressing room. <laughs> and that's the only time he, apparently he had turned around and asked, oh, who's batting? You're listening to the Lord's Cricket Podcast with me, Will Rowe. These are the stories from the home of cricket with the people that made them. Kumar Sankara, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Thank you. Yeah, I'm very well. Um, yeah, great to, great to be here. Thanks for coming on the Lord's Cricket Podcast. Um, it's an absolute honour to have you here. We're going to go down memory lane today, back to uh, 2014 at Lord's Cricket Ground when you did... Um, what all cricketers sort of dream of doing is getting on the honours board. Just before we do that, um, was that always in your sights as a player? Um, no, not really. Because when I started, um, I was just concerned about you know staying in the side, cementing a place in there, and getting a regular game. So I started, made my debut in two thousand um, in a one-day triangular where South Africa and Pakistan also played, um, and then. Uh, had a really good run in that tournament, uh, but then after that, the three tests against South Africa and Sri Lanka, I uh, hardly did anything of note. Yeah. Uh, other than I think miss a miss a catch or two uh, behind the stumps and then have a higher score of 23. <clears throat> but I was asked to bat number three, I think, in the second innings in that third test uh, at the SSC. Um, I got about 12 or 13 really, and uh, I thought that was it for my test career. I'll be a one-day player. Uh, but there, Dev Watmore um, 
and Sana Surya, uh, who was captaining at that time, took a risk and took me to South Africa and asked me to bat number three in tests as well. Um, got, a, got a few runs there, and that's how the journey, test cricket journey, started. And what a journey it would turn out to be. It all began on the 27th of October in 1977, when Kumar Sangakkara was born in Martalay, his father's hometown, just north of the central Sri Lankan city of Kandy. Kandy is where he grew up. One of four children, Kumar spent his youth playing many sports at school, with cricket not always the main one. So I grew up in Kandy all my life, uh, went to Trinity College in, in Kandy, which is a fantastic school, still is, um, probably the premier uh, educational institute in Sri Lanka. Um, it was a boarding school, but had day scholars as well. I was a day scholar. Yeah. So um, didn't play a lot of cricket in my younger days. I was doing other things. I was playing badminton, table tennis, I was swimming. Right. Um, and cricket was... Something I played for a bit of fun. I played at home. We had a front yard where we played with friends. A lot of tennis ball stuff. Uh, my father uh, tried to encourage us to, both my brother and I, do, to pick up cricket. Yeah. Um, and we, we, it was not, I never had a childhood ambition of playing for Sri Lanka. I just played it because it was fun. I was concentrating more on tennis. Um, and then I think I had a few childhood coaches. Uh, one was, his name was Upananda Jai Sundara. Uh, he used to come home and give me a few lessons just because my father insisted that I should learn the technique. Um, so I would have been about 11, 10, yeah. 11. Um, and then I had a few other classes here and there. And then I started, um, I tried out for the, 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 the Trinity College under 13 team. And I remember the coach at that time saying, um, we have don't have a wicket keeper does anyone know how to keep wickets I wanted to play that 11 so I just put my hand up and said I'll keep wickets I've never kept wickets in my life <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so I got the gloves so that's how I started my wicket keeping that's why I never considered myself a natural born wicket keeper I had to work and, and, and really train hard to, to at it over the years so I played under 13 cricket um, and by about under 14 my father found me another coach uh, who was at the rival school who had coached Murli Dharan. Uh, his name was Mr. Sunil Fernando um, and the coach at Trinity was uh, a Mr. Bertie Vijay Singh who passed away unfortunately a, a couple of years ago <coughs> and I remember the first day of when he took over at Trinity Bertie Vijay Singh he came in and one of my friends had brought a helmet to training kept it and we're in a little semicircle and uh, Mr. Vijay Singh has spent most of his time in England from the old school of cricket he's a lovely man very tough on discipline Um, and as he was talking to us about what we're going to do that day he looked down and saw this helmet he just looked at it for about a couple of seconds and kicked it and I remember it rolling and then falling into this big drain. And he just looked at us and said, who brought this bloody junk? <laughs> said, the next time someone brings a helmet, that's the last time he's going to come here and, 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 and practice. And we were just young kids. We're like, what? No helmets? <laughs> he said, no, no one's going to wear a helmet. So we were forbidden from wearing helmets uh, at training or in matches. Wow. At, at under 13. I remember the first time I wore a helmet was when I was about 17, 16, 17. When I just, I played my first second 11 game for my school at under 19 level without without a helmet. Um, 
and the only boy who was allowed a helmet was one of our openers and under, when he was at under 15 level I remember who got hit on the head uh, facing a fast bowler and after he had his x-rays and all these other concussion tests he was uh, he was allowed he was the only one allowed to wear a helmet so it is just a case of of, of telling us you got to learn how to watch the ball this yeah uh, if do you think you, it aided your development as a player or? I, I really don't know I never <laughs> got hit on the head uh, um, um, batting so I, I wouldn't know I have mixed feelings about that I just think that when you're a kid uh, if you do get hit badly that instills a sense of fear in you and that might actually stunt your development yeah psychologically it's a, it's a big blow um, safety is a very important thing but um, yeah so it, it was just the case I remember being made to bat without the tie pad yeah. just so that at under I think it was around the 17 level just because to ensure that I, I would hit the ball with the bat so I had no thigh pad and I remember getting hit about three or four times I had these big bruises down my thigh and it was just a case of no just get your back get your back to the ball get your back to the ball it's a um, school of hard knocks almost literally <laughs> figuratively <laughs> but uh, um, uh, but you know that's that's what we asked to do and you know, like the light brigade, you know, as is not to question why, but to you know, ask is but to do or die. So that was kind of the, the harsh training that you had when I was growing up. I'm sure it would have been the same in those days, you know. Um, so um, so I, I used to spend proper training in the sense of team training at Trinity and then go to St. Anthony's yeah. uh, College, the rival school, uh, to be trained in, in technique by Mr. Sun Fernando. And I remember at, at when I was about 15, uh, I didn't go willingly because no, no child wants to spend his weekends going to a cement net and having throwdowns and just technical work drilled into day after day. Number one, I wasn't thinking of a long career in cricket. It was just yeah. doing something. But my father insisted, his, his, all his, if you're spending a lot of time doing something, just learn to do it well. Yeah. Uh, um, so um, that's the only reason why I was pushed and driven there by him and he would stay there and watch every every second of it and would actually try and butt in over the coach to tell me <laughs> what was wrong or what was right. Um, so I remember at 15, Mirali was, was 14, 15 I think, and then suddenly Mr. Sunil Fernando said, I just want a bowler to come and bowl at you and it turned out to be Mirali. So he was about four or five years senior to me and he was already a big name in school cricket. And he came and bowled to me on the cement track. And I remember him just, I missed almost every ball. I think he's just turning it so much on a cement cement net. It is incredible. I didn't know who this guy was at that time. Yeah. Good bowler, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he can turn it. Yeah, he can turn it a bit as I was 15. But still, tennis was, was taking up most of my time. Really? Um, and then I probably switched to cricket very, very seriously after when I was about 17. At this point, Kumar was picked to play in the Under-17 World Cup, but by his own admission, he didn't set the world alight, so he continues his studies at Trinity College, but still keeps his cricket going. And I played through Under-19, had one good year at Under-19, and by that time, my contemporaries, Mahila Javardhana, Tilan Samravir, Avish Kukunavardhana, they were the big, big names in, in school cricket. They were earmarked for... Yeah. for for the national team for international duty even at 15 when you, see, when you saw Mahila bat you knew the guy's just going to walk into the side by the time he's ready um, 
I just flew under the radar because I was not making a, you know scores of significance that you know warranted um, um, space in, in any newspaper. Let's pause now for a moment on Kumar's cricket career. In 1983, when Kumar was aged just six, a civil war in Sri Lanka broke out. Ethnic tensions between the majority Sinhalese and the Tamil minority in the northeast of the country would last for over 25 years before a ceasefire was finally declared in May 2009. These turbulent times were the inescapable backdrop to Kumar's childhood and early adult life. Not just for me, but for, for my generation. Um, I born in 1977. I remember the riots started in 1983. So I grew up through that. Um, we had a lot of our, our, our friends um, who were Tamil hiding out, out in our house. Um, I remember my father <coughs> um, um, having all of them at home. We I had I was having a great time with all the all the kids. We were playing cricket, football, all of these things in the front yard. Um, I uh, didn't realize the gravity of what was happening until my father explained to me later because I went and stupidly asked him, you know, this has happened every year, this is great, you know, every, all my friends are here. And, uh, he, <laughs> he wasn't very happy at the question. Um, but that's, you know, to a six-year-old, that's, that's what it seemed like. Um, and then um, the war started uh, and then we had a JVP insurrection. Through the universities in Sri Lanka, so there's the north and the east the fighting. Uh, then in the in the southern in the hills and in the south the JVP issue. So we had school closures. There were, you know, sites that children are not supposed to see on the sites with you know dead bodies, um, uh, bombs going off here and there sporadically. But still, when you're in Kandy, when you're in Colombo, you were affected more by the JVP than probably by the war in the north and the east. You were almost removed, far removed from the war. And you only spoke about it when there was a, a bomb, a, a suicide bomb, right. or a big, like, or a big, like the, the Fort Railway Station bomb or the Central Bank uh, um, explosion. The JVP were one of the leftist groups. They were a Marxist yeah. uh, revolution, was, was, I think, what they were talking about, um, which is an armed insurrection. So there was shop closures, school closures, um, um, executions, assassinations, all of these things um, happening. Um, um, so it was, it was this very, I, I, don't, I, I don't know whether I can say it was personally dangerous, I don't know, but it was this really... Strange is an under, understatement, really. It was this really funny, weird, surreal, horrific, all of these words uh, together that um, growing up. But then it's strange as well because you have to learn to deal with all of these things really quickly because life goes on. And life, in a lot of instances, had to go on as, as, as normal. You made adjustments for, for all of the uh, things that were happening, the contingencies in place, or if this happened, that happened. Or, um, and, uh, yeah, so, so, <laughs> so many friends, uh, you know, I had a friend who, who I grew up with who joined the police but was stationed in the north and the east. Uh, he was coming back for, for his wedding. Uh, 
and just before I think four o'clock in the morning was the train his camp was attacked at about one and that was the last we've ever heard of him he was never found um, um, so he's listed as killed in action or missing in action In 1996, led by Arjuna Ranatunga and inspired by Aravinda De Silva, Sri Lanka won the Cricket World Cup in Pakistan. Beating Australia in the final, it was a true David and Goliath moment as the small island nation achieved the unthinkable. It was a moment that united a divided country. And people just flocked to TVs, you know, you had the shop windows, that had, that had shops selling TVs and you had all these TV screens in the window, you had about... You know, 100, 200 people gathered at every shop window watching because they had a game on at some point. So it was this, this amazing thing to see how important cricket became um, for social harmony because when you congregated around that, it didn't matter who you were, ethnicity, religion, whatever, background. You just watched and you just enthralled by cricket. And the cricket team also had was a multi-ethnic, multi-religious yeah. uh, group of of people playing so that was also like a little beacon of hope uh, and then Murali doing what he did over those years incredible um, uh, you know and uh, so is that because Murali was a, a Tamil Murali, Murali was Tamil but or is Tamil yeah, uh, yeah he's Tamil and it, it, it's amazing how that no one cares no one talks yeah. about it, no one says it because all they're watching is this amazing Talent, yeah, you know, winning games for Sri Lanka, and you know that that, that that. So it is lovely to see that there was no mention of ethnicity, that there was no um, kind of disenfranchisement, you know, from the team saying, "Oh, you know, I think everyone, you know, the largest Sri Lankan community, you know, after '83, things had progressed a long way. Uh, still, we have a long way to go, mm. um, but." So, so you see that there is always this uh, this great possibility that Sri Lanka can progress beyond all this petty divisiveness, um, and cricket was was what offered that hope. But me personally, I think I've lived, I've lived, I've lived, I've led a very sheltered life in Sri Lanka. You know, I've been exposed, I've experienced it, but never firsthand. Um, like some of my friends and other Sri Lankans have around the country, be it in the south, be it in the north and the east, for 30 years in the north and the east. You can only imagine, um, you know, the, the, the government forces, the civilians, uh, even if you were, a, a, you know, a terrorist combatant, the, the way the, the, the conflict, the war shaped lives mm -hmm. uh, would have been just incredibly harsh. So I think I sometimes feel guilty being asked that question, oh, what was your experience? Because my experience seems almost trivial when compared to a larger amount of Sri Lankans out there. Um, but, you know, at least I'm, I'm glad I played a part, at least a bit through cricket, to kind of offer a, a little beacon of a little light of hope that there is a possibility, not just that we had this glorious sport, but the sport was played by by this kind of a, a little microscopic representation of an ideal Sri Lanka. You know, everyone playing together, not caring, you know, who you were, where you came from, religion, ethnicity, just playing together. 
you know, doing what you want, what you had to do to, to win, you know, success for Sri Lanka. As we heard earlier, Kumar wasn't a standout player during his youth compared to the likes of Mahela Jayawardena for one. So it was off to university to study law. Arriving in Colombo, he found a part-time job at a computer firm to kill time whilst he waited for his degree to start. It was at that time that Kumar joined the famous nondescript cricket club in Colombo, known as the NCC, but it was purely by accident as he'd originally been on his way to join the neighbouring team, Colombo Cricket Club, a story he remembers with fondness. So I was walking past NCC, the front gate, to cross the road, go to CCC and sign up. And suddenly someone called my name, I turned around, it was a Mr. Soka de Silva who was an umpire, international test umpire at that time. He had also umpired in a few of the domestic games I had played in at school level. So he said, where are you going? What are you doing in Colombia? I said, oh, I'm just going to CCC to join up. Uh, he said, why go there when you got NCC? I said, I don't know really. <laughs> he says, come on in, let's have a chat. So I walked in through the gate. Um, and um, he said, you know, this is a great club to play for. You get a lot of opportunity to play because all the international players go on tour. And when you say international players, Arvinda De Silva, Russell Arnold, Hashan Tilkaratna, Ravindra Pushpakumar, Sajiva Silva. Uh, then you had the A-team players, you know, about another four. So I was thinking, how, how am I going to even get a place here? He said, no, no, they all go on tour. You Don't worry, you, you can come. We don't have a regular wicketkeeper. I wasn't really fast. So I said, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, I'll join up. You know, because I, so I signed up, called my friend and said, I'm sorry, I can't come to CCC. I've just signed up in NCC. And I started playing. So that's how my, that's how my first class career started. Um, I got a regular place in the first year. Um, and we won the one day championship, not because I did, I did great things, but we had a fantastic team as three fantastic young players who unfortunately um, fell by the uh, fe- uh, you know fell away um, after about four or five years they were fantastic players I, I still keep in touch with them um, and uh, the second year Prasanna Jawardana joins NCC and takes the gloves off me because he was a far better wicket keeper than I was later to do it in test matches later to do it in <laughs> test matches and um and this first year I played every game. Second year I spent most of my time on the bench because we had Aravinda de Silva coming back because he wanted to uh, play for the for the team again. He was been he's been out of the national side for two years after the ninety nine the disastrous ninety nine World Cup. Yeah. Where we as a defending champions were knocked out in the in the first round. I don't think it's ever happened before for a defending champion. I'm not sure that to be knocked out in, in that first round. I'd have to check the stats. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't uh, done that research. But yeah. yeah. So um Hashan Tilakaratna's been out of the side as well. Um so they were all uh, uh they were all trying to make a comeback. So um so I hardly got a game. And I spent my time uh, time there, carrying drinks, doing a few other things, you know. And um, we also had an under-23 team, which gave me an opportunity to play. So not just the, the first yeah. team. So um, I was given a chance to open one year at under-23 at, at, at under level. Uh, and I had a great year. So maybe, yeah, the great year. And then I was... A, 
put into the airside suddenly. And we were touring South Africa. So 98, I went on an A-team tour to South Africa. Did very well in the one day. Was, um, and that was the time when, uh, 1999, that was when the World Cup disaster happened. Yeah. And suddenly the selectors and the public said, oh, this is an aging team. Uh, um, you know, outrage at being the... The, the, the champions in 1996 and three years later being knocked out in the first round uh, we need to get rid of the old guard get some youngsters in so a huge amount of younger players got pushed through I still didn't I was dropped from the next uh, A-team tour to to England then I was given another opportunity to play an A-team tour against Zimbabwe in Sri Lanka and I remember going to the gym I was due to play a four-day test match against the A-side, first game of the tour. Rangana Herat, whom I've known since I was 15, is sitting in the gym, and I go and I kind of slap him on the head just in fun, and he just kicks out at me, and I just swat his foot away. The edge of his shoe hits my, my pinky on my, on my right hand and slices it open. Ooh. So five sutures later, I'm out for two and a half, three weeks, I miss most of the, the, the test, the four-day unofficial test tour. So that was a big blow for me. And then suddenly I get I get well, they put me back into the, the one-day team. And I'm playing this match in, in Morotour. And I'm, I, I went into bat, batting well, got to 100. Dev Watmore was the national team coach. Yeah. Walks in to the dressing room just to see what's going on. I hit a six that goes through the window of the dressing room. <laughs> and that's the only time he, apparently he had turned around and asked, oh, who's batting? <laughs> so I said, ah, oh, that's the first time I think he ever even heard my name. And then suddenly I was, I was, I was drafted as a reserve into the test side and then um, into the one-day side. And so Kumar embarked on one of the finest cricketing careers the game has ever seen, making his test debut aged 22 in 2000 against South Africa at Gaul. Captained by Sanath Jayasuriya in a team featuring Matai Muralitharan, Russell Arnold, Chaminda Vaas and Mahela Jayawardena, Kumar scored 23 in his first test innings. We chatted about how he felt coming into that side. Very nervous, really. Um, let's give him my, my cap. And at that time, we didn't have a huge ceremony about caps. Uh, caps were a dime a dozen, really. You know, in the sense of you just got your cap, you never really were asked to take care of it, and that was never the only cap you were going to get. If you lost it, you could get another cap. But just uh, walking into the dressing room and then looking at the players, you know, Sanath, incredible player, Marvin, you know, um, Mahela was you know, such sublime form at that time. Then Murli Vasi. It is just you know incredible. And then I remember uh I think test matches I batted number five. Yeah, you were five in the match. It was against South Africa at goal. Yeah. That's the... Yeah, and um even in the one day as I was I think put down to bat at seven and I think Murli was one of the guys who said no. He's making his debut. Number seven is, is too low for him in the one day as he needs to bat number five. Um, he needs to have a, 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 you know, he needs to be given a chance to build an innings. You know, so Murray, Murray was one guy who, who whose words were listened to and I was offered number five in, in one day. So although I batted from number one to number nine in one day later on. But my first, so I did well. So they kept me there in, in the test series. So 
Yeah, it was it was overwhelming. But I had Mahela, who I've, I've known again since I was 15 through school cricket. He was a very senior player. You know, he's made his debut two and a half, two, maybe three years ahead of me. So he was well established. So we had a good rapport. Um, I had played with Russell Arnold at NCC, um, so I knew him really well. So you had a, you know, a few players who you could think of as contemporaries. Um, uh, to kind of lean on and have a chat and kind of relax you into the dressing room. You've been listening to the Lord's Cricket Podcast with me, Will Rowe. The stories from the home of cricket and the people that made them. That was part one of two of the Kumar Sangakkara story. In the second part, Kumar chats to me about his last test match at Lord's, where he finally manages to get his name on the famous honours boards. If you've enjoyed this episode, please take a listen to part two.